Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Payne Show. Today's episode is just going to be like you're sitting in our living room and we are just chatting with you. I feel like, I mean, that's kind of what we do on our episodes, but this one is especially very informal because it's been a while, Jesse and I were just talking about since we've kind of just giving you a lot of life updates, and there have been a lot of life updates. And so we are going to not only be talking about college and college visits and Catherine's college decision, because a lot of people have asked about that. And we did an episode a number of months ago, just kind of about that and just um, talking about all the people asking questions. And it was more so about not what she was doing, but more so about ways to approach kids who are graduating and ask them questions in a way that is really encouraging to them and helping them to not feel pressured that you have to follow a certain path. So we'll link to that in the show notes, but we do have an update with Catherine's permission that we can share because she made her decision. So Jesse, first off, the last time we sat down and did an episode, it was about my book launch, but my book launch hadn't actually happened. And that day ended up being just a wee bit eventful. I think (laughs) I am starting a trend of book launch days being eventful. We may have mentioned this in that episode, but my last book launch, March 2021, five days or six days before we had said yes to fostering David. So we were in the thick of figuring all the things out Mm -hmm. with just all of his needs and all of that. And then we ended up getting a stomach bug. And so the day of my book launch, I was in bed most of the day, not feeling well at all. So this time, didn't get a stomach bug, didn't say yes to fostering another child, um, but woke up and our tire was flat. Yeah, it actually, I got up to go take Silas hitting early in the morning. Because you usually, occasionally you guys will go to a local sort of a gym, but it's like... A- yeah, it's got some batty cages in it. And was driving through the neighborhood and all of a sudden, because I, I wasn't really paying any, any attention when I got in the car. It was early morning. It was early You're morning. probably still waking up. And my car started dinging at me. And and had a huge you know warning on the display and said that the tire was dangerously low on the car basically, and so I said, oh no, it's that tire again, and um, backtrack like what a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the babies to the zoo and somewhere picked something up in the tire, and the reason I I realized that because. I uh, saw something uh, on the tire, and then it shaved off a head off off of something penetrating the tire. And I ran my finger over it, and I could feel it. There's a little, like, attack inside the tire. Well, I thought, great. I walk out. I'm going to walk out of the zoo, and it's going to be flat. And I'm going to have to change the tire in the zoo. And I think you had all three of them. Yeah, I had all three of them. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I went and parked and I thought, you know what? I need to park somewhere else that'll give me some clearance just in case I need to. So there, there, there's no, not a car parked next to me. So I parked next to, I think, a handicap spot because you know how usually the handicap spots have the extra space, space on mm-hmm. the sides. So I parked in a space next to a, par- a handicap stall so I could take advantage of the extra space on the side of the flat tire and came out and it was fine. It lasted for like a month and a half. And it wasn't until the day of your book launch that it went flat. Well, come to find out, it was from a different puncture. So I had two punctures. And the one that I got at the zoo wasn't the cause of the flat, but I got a screw as well. So so you got the zoo one fixed as well. I was just thinking of... Uh, no. Oh, so... It was so supposed we- to... I told them there was two punctures in the tire when I would take it in to get fixed, and they only fixed one. So you didn't tell me that one. So at any point in time, we could be waking up with another flat tire. But the funny thing was, is we were so then kind of scrambling because it was changing the dynamics of mm-hmm. how we were going to, you know, we had the day planned out and all of that. And then... Well, I, thankfully, thankfully, the girls were... In England at the time. That's right. So, and we, so we had the extra car. But we were forgetting at first. Yeah, exactly. And we were trying to figure out how we were going to get it to the car place, to get it worked on. And then I was going to pick you, how it was all going to work. Was, and then I looked at you and I go, we have an extra car. We have an extra car. So we don't have to urgently get this fixed because typically we very much need all of our vehicles. And I mean, yes. I say that in a, you know. We use all of the vehicles a we lot have, during the day. We have become, I mean, it's like a privileged place of saying, you know, but we use the vehicles very, very frequently, multiple times, multiple people are driving multiple places. And so right. um, it's, you know, being down one car changes a lot of things. And so then it was, I was like, Jesse, we have an extra car because the girls are in England. So that worked out. But then the other thing that happened was, I had gotten some little sore on my thumb. Like, you know, sometimes you'll just get where it's just a little, a little sore, like a little nick or something. I don't even know where it came from. It's possible that it came from, I had gotten my nails done a week before, and it's possible that the person who did it was a new person and maybe they were a little aggressive and could kind of Mm -hmm. cut it or something a little bit. But maybe four days after I noticed that it just hurt a little bit. And I didn't really think much about it. But then the next day, it hurt a little bit more. And by the day of my book launch, it was full on infected mm. and like raised up all red. And and it was in a place that is would hurt even if it wasn't infected. If you got a sore there, it's right at the cuticle. And it was so filled up. We, we will try to keep this so that it's not grossing people out. But it was full of infection. We'll just say that. Plus. And okay, leave it to you. <laughs> um, but I couldn't sleep. Like it kept me up most of the night before my book launch. And it had nothing to do with like nerves or jitters of my book launch. It was my thumb was throbbing. And I am not one to take painkillers and you know, unless it has to be really bad. And it was to the place of, I'm like, I have not slept for five hours. I'm taking the Tylenol or ibuprofen. I don't even know what I took. Mm-hmm. And um, then that was, it was much better. But so then I woke up in the morning and it hurt so badly. Like I, 
it couldn't, it was my right hand, which I use yeah. for I mean, you don't realize how much you use your thumb on your dominant hand. For picking up things, for writing, for typing on the computer. It was affecting everything. And I mentioned something online and kind of showed a little bit of it. I tried to not, you know, over-dramatize or really show, it was kind of gross. And so, <laughs> but I just asked for ideas because I had been putting Neosporin on it. I had put, we'd found another antibacterial antibiotic cream that I'd been using and just been really careful with it. I'd even put breast milk on it because I'd heard that that would, you know, heal an infection. And it was just getting significantly progressively worse very quickly. And so I posted about it and I got so many messages from people saying, you need to go to urgent care. Like you need to go to urgent care stat, because if you have been for the last 24 hours trying to address it at home with these, you know, antibiotic ointments, Mm -hmm. and that's not doing anything for it. And it's getting this much worse don't mess around with it. And I've since learned that these types of infections, where it was, where it was an an infection of underneath the nail, it's called... It's a nail bed, right? Yes. It was an infection of the nail bed. And so it can become very dangerous. And people, a lot of people told me stories of having to be hospitalized. And in fact, there is someone who is connected with um, someone that we know right now who they are in the hospital and had to have part of their thumb amputated because mm. of a very similar situation. So I have learned, do not mess around with infections in your nail bed. But so I go into urgent care and I, you know, this day of my book launch. So there's all this stuff going on, <laughs> but I just was like, Flat I, tired. I had better, I'd better go in because I don't like, I don't want this to get any worse than it is. And I think I need some help. So I go in and they look at it. They're like, oh, yes, it's whatever the name of the thing is. And it's an infection in your nail bed. Um, We're going to lance it and then we'll give you some oral antibiotics. And that should, within a week, it should be doing better. So I was not prepared for what came next. So they take me into this procedure room, as it's called, at urgent care. and, And they set me at this table and they get out this knife. And it was the most excruciating pain. And I think because it was royally infected and there was such a large area and she just like dug into it. And as she's doing it, she's saying, I've never had this done before. Um, does this hurt? Because it act, it seems like you're not even flinching. And I'm thinking, I'm about ready to scream. This is so painful. And I have given birth naturally five times, and this felt every bit up on par with that level of pain. You said it was possibly worse. worse. Well, I feel like it was worse. The, the worst part, obviously, it didn't last as long, but the worst part of it was the fact that I couldn't control it. Yeah. And that she's cutting into, like digging, digging underneath this infection. And she t- told me, she said, we can't give you anything to numb the pain because of where it is and it's your yeah. nail bed. So it's not nothing that we give you is really going to fix it. <sighs> it, I called you from like, I about laid down on the bed. I am not a drama queen. I have a high pain tolerance, but after they did it, 
I about, she goes out of the room and then the nurse is going to come back in to wrap it. And I was just shaking, shaking from this level of pain. And I could barely talk. I got myself out to the car and I call you and I'm like moaning. And I said, I don't know if I can drive home. And we live very close to this urgent care. And I was just like, it hurts so bad. And you, one of us was going to, I was going to go drive, I think, and pick Silas up because he was at school and the girls were gone. So we had to pick him up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think I can drive. Like, I don't think it's safe for me to drive. I am in so much pain. I felt like this big baby, but it was, it was bad. Since then, I have heard from multiple people who have said they had a very similar thing and they had it lanced and it was, yes, every bit like childbirth pain. So that made me feel a little bit better that I wasn't just, you You're know, making, but, making me squirm just listening but it to was, the story. It, the worst part was she, you know, she, she's saying, you're not even acting. And I didn't know how to tell her like, this hurts terribly. Probably by saying then, this hurts terribly. That's probably where you start. <laughs> so then she's like looking at it really closely after she's already like dug that knife in there. And then she goes, she starts to like dig it in again. And then, and I was just like, I was thinking, I can't, I can't. And then, and then she pulls it out. She goes, Oh, I think we've probably got it enough. And then she's like squeezing out all the infection and she's all going, yes. And she's going like, well, usually I get more out. And so then she's like <laughs> pushing really hard. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. I went into scream. Anyway. So that was, that was my book launch day. Happy book launch day to me. Again, it was. So, so just a second, let me back, back up. Pick. You gave me such a difficult time about saying pus and here you're, vividly describing the pushing out of the infection and the cutting, the lancing and the digging and the, the corking it all out. Apparently we need, we might need to put a content <laughs> warning on this episode. If you have, so it's like, like a, like a big Dr. Pepple popper. Oh my episode. goodness. The, the best part was I was telling my mom about it and she goes, Oh honey, I wish I could have gone with you. And I was like, mom, <laughs> mom, Bad time to take a drink. That would have been bad. She she fainted when you were when she took you to the dermatologist, and you were getting the the procedure done on yourself. And that was nowhere near nowhere near the level of this. Yes, well, just briefly. I know we're running out of time. We got a little stuck on this one, but so yes. I was. Are you crying? I was. I'm crying tears. I was thinking back about that because I was. I think I was 19 years old. And I had to get this mole removed on my stomach. And so my mom came with me to drive me there and drive me home because she thought that I, you know, might not be safe, like good for me to drive because I was having this procedure done. And so I'm laying on the, laying on the bed and they're working on cutting this mole off. And I look <laughs> over and my mom is sitting on the chair and she has her head in her hands. And she does not do well in these kinds of situations. She has fainted many times. Um, I, I mean, at least I remember whenever I was a little girl and she had to get blood taken because she was for a pregnancy. And I just remember all, all I remember is her being on the floor and then bringing her orange juice. And I was probably like three years old. I don't know. It's like one of my earliest childhood memories. Anyway, so I'm 19 years old. I'm laying on there and she came to be my support person. And I'm like, guys. I don't think my mom's doing very well. <laughs> they had to stop the procedure and go get juice and help her. And they were going to have to oh. lay her down 
on the exam room table. It was terrible. And I just remember we get back, we, we finally get out of there and we get out to the car. My mom's the one that is laying across the seats in the car. My dad has to come pick us up because it was so traumatic. Anyway, so when my mom said, I wish I could have come with you, I was thinking, nope. I don't think that would have worked very well, mom. No, okay. I'm, I'm crying. Now that I have tears coming right. down my face. Whew. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it and it was debilitating. If you've ever suffered from this, I actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then I got chronic rhinitis so I could not smell out of my nose. And not only that, but I would have these really awful headaches, the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life. And I started going to an ENT, and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin, and it was such a help to me. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works so well. I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... I highly recommend checking out Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? 
I can't even remember and styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amoir.style forward slash crystal. That is amoir.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoire today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Well, Jesse, you have been working on a new project, something that we've talked about on the podcast before, but you've restarted it again. 75 hard. 75 hard. Mm-hmm. And how many days in are you? A week. And your max that you've ever hit is 10 days, right? 10 days. Mm-hmm. You're doing so well. I mean, so this is day seven. Is that right? I think so. And I need to look at it. I have just been so impressed with you. Might be day eight. You should be knowing these things. This is really important. Um, But yeah, so it's that you have to do a 45-minute workout indoors, a 45-minute workout outdoors. Yeah, actually, I'm doing it a little bit different than this time because the last time I had done it, I wasn't doing the full 45 minutes, and this time I am. So, And then you have to do some sort of diet, which you have been doing intermittent fasting already, so you're just sticking with that. And then 
Um, read a nonfiction book for 10 minutes, right? And take a progress picture. No. Is there anything else? 10 pages of reading of a nonfiction book. Um, first workout, second workout, progress picture, drinking a gallon of water. Oh, that's right. Um, fo- <laughs> following the diet, like you said, and no cheat meals or alcohol. Okay. And you're seven, maybe eight days in. And I've just been so impressed because yep. any other time that you've done it, I feel like it's been stressful. Like it's been stressful to yeah. you. And this time it's felt like it's been easy. I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but it's because it's the intermittent fasting is kind of part of my lifestyle now because I've done it so long. We started it after um, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So And so I've, well, you said we, I didn't, I don't do intermittent fasting. Um, I can barely go two hours, maybe three hours between a meal because I'm nursing, but and that's just been so cool to see. So we'll have to we'll have to continue to give updates. Mm-hmm. I am really cheering for you, feeling like this is your time that you're going to at least get the furthest you've ever gotten before. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think so. And I think some of your success is based upon the fact that you you started from a place of success in that, like you said, you'd already been consistently doing the intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, you're just, it's almost like your habit stacking. Right. Now you're stacking on the habits of you regularly were doing a workout. So now you're just, you know, doing intermittent fasting workout and then an additional workout. Right. And then the additional workout that I'm putting on is going on a 45 minute walk with children. Yeah. So working that into the day and uh, it's, it's actually, it's done really good. Yeah. I just have sensed that it's kind of given you this life and this excitement and I'm just really proud of you. So just had to mention that. All right. So college, this has been so interesting for me because I didn't go to college and I didn't do college visits. I, from the get-go as a teenager, just had decided I wasn't going to go to college. I don't regret that decision, but getting to go through the process with Catherine has been so interesting. And so you, Jesse, went and visited MTSU, which is a Middle Tennessee State University. Did I get that correct? Yep. Um, with her. And then I went with her to um, UTK and UTC for the college tours. And so you Uni- University of Tennessee, <laughs> Knoxville, and then University of Tennessee, um, Chattanooga. It was so interesting. I wish that I had gone to the MTSU tour as well to kind Mm -hmm. of compare all three. And I should say first that she chose these three out of, I think we mentioned that she had applied to, it ended up being 11 colleges. We had challenged her to apply to 10 colleges um, and said that we would pay the application fee, mostly just because we wanted to push her a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, She took her time in kind of getting the ball rolling with that, which was totally fine. We In her junior year, there were many times when she kind of was feeling like everybody else is going on college tours. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. And I just kept reminding her, you have time. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no need to figure everything out in your junior year. But when she hit her senior year, we just said to her, we would like for you to pick 10 colleges to apply to. We're not saying you need to even go to college. We just want to challenge you to go through the application process mm-hmm. because I think it's a really good 
process to go through. I never did it myself, but you learn a lot about yourself. And it also, you know, she had to do a lot of research. But one of the biggest things is that we wanted her to explore her options. We wanted her to look at all the different colleges. And we said, we want you to pick some that you feel like you're not going to get into. And, you know, kind of, so some that are going to be these stretch schools and then some that you're like, probably I'm going to make it in and Mm -hmm. kind of pick some that are outside of what you would think you would maybe want to go, but just to challenge yourself and go through that process. And the first two applications, I feel like it was a lot. Like she needed kind of, we didn't help her with them, but she needed kind of some encouragement to finish them. And it's helpful because there are deadlines and Mm -hmm. you need to get all of them in in order to be eligible for different scholarships and stuff, I believe it's November 1st, if I'm Mm -hmm. thinking correctly. And so don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it was. And so she got them all in by November 1st, just barely, but she, it was a lot of work. She had to, you know, pull a lot of different things herself and do a lot of research. And, um, and some of them required essays, you know, they all required different things and, and it was so good. But at the end, it was so interesting because she said, I, learned so much from this. And one of the things that I learned was that I can get on the internet and I can do research and I can figure out so many things that I didn't know I could figure out. Hmm. And so she said, you know, she would have all of these windows open researching because they'd ask a question and she'd be like, I don't even really know what that means. Like some information that she needed. So she'd have to go research that, figure out what that was in order to be able to answer the question. And so for the first few applications, that was challenging. And then also for her to think of, you know, what does she have to share as far as her volunteer opportunities and her leadership and her character? And and that was so good for her to kind of go back through the last four years and look at different things and really be encouraged. Like yeah. she did a lot She's of different lot. things and she had a lot to share. And these things that she, you know, did just because she was passionate about it or wanted to do it, it ended up being this great thing on her college application. So she applied to 10 colleges or 11. She ended up adding on one at the end. Um, And she ended up getting accepted to all of them, which I think for her was also really Mm -hmm. encouraging. Now I, I say that there were no colleges that she didn't apply to like Princeton or Harvard or Yale or something like that. All those required early admission, basically you have to say, I'm coming. Yes. And she wasn't willing to do that. Yes. So after she then went through the application process, then she started kind of researching, looking into, um, looking as far as cost and Mm -hmm. researching what it's actually going to cost and, and quickly realized that going in state was a much, much, much better deal. And also, I think for her to do the research, she realized she didn't want to be far away from home. And that was the thing that she came up with all on her own because we really didn't, we weren't like, hey, this is, these are our parameters. We didn't give her any parameters. We were like, just seek the Lord. We really want you to seek him. We want this to be your decision. And so then she ended up narrowing it down. She went to some different, like other school, they would have different colleges come in and she went to the different things and kind of talked to different people who had gone to different schools that she applied to and ended up narrowing it down to those three schools that we went on the college visits to. 
And it was so interesting because I just went to UTK and UTC, but it was a stark difference, Mm -hmm. the two. The UTK tour felt very like bells and whistles, slick marketing sort of thing. Like they had an agenda on that tour and they did a great job. There was so much energy. The college students were the ones that led the tour and they love UTK. And I mean, or else they... (laughs) They acted it, like, were, I they, mean, were they theater majors? It felt very authentic and it very much like they, like the one head lady who she was graduating and um, she's a senior and she was just like, I don't even go home for Christmas or any holiday. They have to come to me because I just love it here so much. Like she <laughs> was almost like obsessed with it, but it felt very much like they were showing you what they wanted you to see and taking you where they wanted you to go. And there was a very clear cut plan for they were hitting all the kind of hot button things of diversity and, you know, equality and like all the things and um, very much like why their college is the best. Now, they did have a lot of people on that tour who were not from Tennessee. So they are competing with bigger colleges to get Mm -hmm. kids there. So I understand more why they kind of had to pull out all the stops because did did they talk at all about how difficult it was to get in? Because my understanding is UTK right now is really competitive because of their athletics. They didn't talk about that, but they did talk about here's all the things you need to do. And they gave a lot of Um, encouragement and ideas of ways that you could help improve your chances of getting in, especially if you were a junior, Mm -hmm. because we were doing the college visit kind of near the end. Most people who would have been on the tour were juniors. There were some seniors, but most would be juniors because usually as a senior, you probably would have already done your college Mm -hmm. tours. Cause we kind of did things in reverse of a lot of times people, well, at least what I have experiences that they do the college tours, then you apply. Um, and so, you know, she did it kind of backwards. And, and a lot of the kids that were, they were kids on this, on the tour, right? Mm-hmm. They were not adults. I mean, the parents, unless were, they were parents, the parents were with them. Most every, okay. most every student had a parent or multiple parents with them. And, um, it was just, it was just very interesting because then UTC was sort of just very low energy and, you know, it was kind of like, here's what you get, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just so interesting because they, they weren't, it wasn't like, oh, we hate our school or anything like that. Just it, was just, it was just very matter of fact, like here, here's the athletic center, here's the dorms. And, but the other thing that was interesting is UTK, they took you to one of their brand new dorms and they had a staged dorm for mm-hmm. you to walk through. Yeah, that was like that UTC MTSU. had most of their dorms that seemed like were newer. Um, now, I mean, I could have missed some, but it seemed like they had quite a few newer dorms. So it was easier to get into the newer dorms. Um, it sounded like, and, um, they took you into an actual dorm. It was, um, they have a contest and whoever wins the contest for having like the best room gets the option of being the tour dorm. And then they get, they said thousands and thousands of dollars off their price in order to have people then regularly coming through their room and stuff. But I thought that that was cool because then you were actually seeing like, mm-hmm. this is you're on the floor of an actual dorm and this is an actual dorm room. Most of them probably aren't that neat, but um, it was, you know, it was real and it was lived in and stuff. But um, ultimately she had already kind of made the decision 
before we went to UTC, but she just wanted to go there to make sure that it was a no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's really thinking of doing things a little outside the box compared to what people in our area and most of her friends are doing. But she realized when she was doing the math that if she didn't live in the dorm, so if she didn't live on campus, she could save a lot of money. Um, Most colleges require you to live on campus as a freshman. And it's typically somewhere between $12,000 and $14,000 just for room and board that first year. Um, And so MTSU does not require you to live on campus. It's one of the few colleges in our state that doesn't require that. That's that, that is a state college. Um, it's not part of the UT system, but it is a uh, state college, you know, if comparing what the MTSU tour was to those two tours, it was leaning towards more. So the UT tour, the UTK tour, Mm -hmm. though, maybe not quite as fan fandom ish. Um, there were also the reason I asked about this, the students that were on the tour, uh, there were more non-traditional students. Mm-hmm. And that was my experience growing up the school that I went to. I think that um, the school that I went to was a lot more like MTSU, a little more laid back like that and not bigger. So, so one of the things that she really loved the MTSU campus and, um, you know, it's she, a beautiful campus. she just felt like, or at least for her first year, it would be a great mm-hmm. kind of start place to start out. And then she wouldn't have to live on campus and it's 45 minutes away from our house. And so she just said she felt like um, UTK, she really loved the campus and they have a really cool business school, which she's kind of thinking towards doing something, um, some type of business degree but they require you to live on campus and they're having a huge housing crisis right now. And a lot of kids, if you're getting into the dorm, which they require you to live on campus the first year. So you have to quote, get in the dorm, but I guess some kids are living like stacked in hotel rooms. Like they're, they don't have enough because they're doing some remodeling and just because they're admitting so many people right now or something, there's a housing crisis. And then a lot of the dorms are not great. Um, from what we've heard from students who actually go there, who mm-hmm. aren't leading the tours. So you're paying $12,000 to maybe live in a really not great situation and maybe not even get a room on campus um, for quite a while. And I guess there's even like homelessness. Like there are kids that are going there that don't have a place. They don't have a dorm. Wow. They don't. And so um, that's what I'm being told from multiple sources. Um, so that's kind of a risky thing for one, especially if you're paying $12,000 just for that. Um, but it's also three hours away. And yep. so she said, you know, just for a lot of reasons, she is then planning to go to MTSU for the first year. Then she would like to transfer to UTK. Um, but, you know, we just, she said, I don't have to have that all figured out right now. We're going to focus on the first year. And so she likes it. It's 45 minutes away, but we're looking into probably buying a house there. Jesse and I had already been planning to buy a rental. We've been saving up um, for the last, well, ever since we bought our house, that was, yep. we've been saving up for a rental. And so as we were kind of thinking of the girls going to school, we're like, well, it would make sense that we would buy a rental as an investment wherever yep. they're going to be going to school, because then we can rent it out to them. Um, for a really reduced rate just for them to get the practice of 
paying rent, taking ownership, all of that. Um, and then once they are no longer living there, it can be a rental. And so it just, it will save kind of, it, it, it's this win-win sort of situation and stuff. So we'll see, but that's, that's our plan. And so we're actively starting to look at housing there and what that would look like. And, um, but I, she loves just, she's really excited about the fact that, um, you know, Silas and Caitlin could come and stay with her on the weekends, that she can come back home some weekends, that she's just close enough to home that she can regularly see us and still be involved in our lives, Mm -hmm. but that she is also getting the opportunity to practice some independence. And um, so we're just really excited for her. And I've just, it's just been so fun to go through the whole process with her and to see her research and learn and be stretched and grow and really ultimately make this decision on her own. And, you know, we've been here to have the conversations with her, but she's the one that's made this decision and she's so excited about it. And we're just so excited with her and we'll just see what the next year and the next four years and whatever, you know, God has for her in the future, but I'm just excited for her. And um, I think she feels really settled in her heart as well. And I think I'm just grateful that she has some clear direction for the next year. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 